At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer brotherly low welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Eastern Family Podcast, and we do have a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We've got the prop queen on, Ariel Epstein. She does a terrific job over there at Yahoo Sportsbook, and you're now able to catch her on MLB Network every Monday through Friday. She and Matt Vaskersian are doing a show called The Pregame Spread. You're able to catch that at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific time every Monday through Friday. And tell you right now, seen it a few times. They do an absolutely amazing job there. So great to be able to get Ariel on today. She's going to talk a little bit about what she's noticing for Friday, if she's had to adjust any of her K-props or totals at all with what we've seen here at the beginning part of the season. So going to have a great chat there. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every single game on the betting board for this MLB Friday. As we touch them all, first things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If you got one or two ways, we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, Amy does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is via an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did wind up getting in a question with regards to if I ever wind up betting on a series price or if I wind up taking 
a shot on any season win totals. And personally, I do not. You'll notice on this podcast, I very much am a game-by-game better, which is why I just go every single game. I don't wind up doing any parlays or anything like that, just because when it comes to my personal betting, I want to be on one individual result. If you wind up betting on a series, you never know if you wind up having a situation where if you bet on the Angels, for example, if Mike Trout winds up taking a ball off the hand like he did against the Texas Rangers a little bit earlier this season, you don't want that. And then really the biggest thing when it comes to betting series, you're projecting forward with regards to starters. If he winds up getting pushed back today, let's say that Jacob deGrom winds up coming back healthy, but instead of him coming back and like like mid-May, like you're expecting in a series, he's instead coming back a week later, that can derail the handicap on that. So that's a big reason why I do not. And then I also got to ask how I'm dealing with totals, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about this with Ariel, and I've been discussing it quite a bit on this podcast, but I've been shading down my totals a little bit more. I think that those of you guys that have been taking a look at the spreadsheet daily, I have been it's just sometimes tough when you wind up getting totals like six after seven. And what we wind up seeing in a Michael Kopech versus Brad Keller start, it's really hard to go much lower than that. Because once you wind up getting down below a seven, I mean, both teams wind up scoring three runs, you're already guaranteed that over. So I do feel like we're starting to get into a point in which you really can't go much lower with regards to these totals unless if you're banking on at least one team not being able to get past two runs. So that is very much a roll of the dice, and we might wind up getting there. Who knows? We might continue to see things just be the big giant slog that we've gotten at the beginning of the season, but at this point, when you wind up having like a Michael Kopech versus Brad Keller starting, neither of those guys are terrible. And Michael Kopech, I think, is going to be a solid starter, but going below seven on something like that is really tough. So that's just how I've been playing these totals, and like I said, maybe we might need to in a few weeks, but right now I'm not in that position. But let's take a look back at everything that we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Thursday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. And while so many teams are going under, we are seeing one team that's going over. With regards to the St. Louis Cardinals, we have now seen five out of their last six games at home wind up going over the total, and they take down the poopy ears and the Diamondbacks. I count of 8-3. to three. Umberto Castellanos, not long for this game, giving up five runs over the course of two innings. And no home runs here for the St. Louis Cardinals. It's not as if they're just knocking the ball out of the yard. They've been doing it with solid pitching and just guys going station to station. 5 of 11 with men in scoring position. And Yadier Molina wound up getting a stolen base, which that's really, really sad. But Dakota Hudson, one hit allowed over the course of six innings. Arizona couldn't do anything off of him. You would get Paven Smith a little bit later off of Aaron Brooks, getting his first home run of the season. Aaron Brooks, not the former quarterback, Gives up three runs over the course of two and two thirds innings, and then Nick Wicker and gets the final out of the game. But for the Diamondbacks, he did wind up having three runs given up in three and a third innings by one Corbin Martin, and then Taylor Widener, one and two thirds innings scoreless. And you did wind up getting a scoreless inning out of Tyler Holton in his MLB debut as well. Wound up taking the Guardians with the DK Nation pick, and when you know, you wind up getting a pretty much three runs generated by air as the Guardians in the third inning commit back to back errors, and that winds up being the difference in the game. Four to one, the final for the Guardians. Not so great when you wind up having two out of your four hits come off the bat of Austin Edges, and you wind up having the low run in this game. Solo home run, second home run season. That comes out from Reed Detmers, and Detmers saw it in this game, giving up that solo home run. Over the course of five innings, just one run. You did wind up seeing from there Archie Bradley, Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, Rossi Iglesias. I'll give you a scoreless setting. And for the Cleveland Guardians, you did have Brian Shaw give up a run in an inning, but Nick Sandlin, he was able to pitch a scoreless setting. So that was another under that wound up hitting for the Atlanta Braves. They held the Cubs to one run, five to one. 
they're able to get the job done. Drew Smiley was not smiling after this one. Gives up a pair of solo home runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings as going deep off of him. Dan V. Swanson, first home run season, and then Austin Riley gets his fifth, and Adam Duvall winds up getting his first home run season. He goes deep off of Ethan Roberts, who wound up giving up three runs while getting three outs. That's not great. Scott Frost does wind up giving you two scoreless innings out of the bullpen, and Chris Martin and out, out of the bullpen, but for the Atlanta Braves, it was all about Kyle Wright, who has looked tremendous here to start the season. 34 strikeouts over the course of his first four starts. 1-1-3 ERA. Gives up one run over the course of seven innings. A.J. Minter, Will Smith, they get jiggy with it. They both give you a scoreless inning out of the bullpen. Garrett Woodlock looks relatively good as a starter for the Boston Red Sox. Tough luck loser in this one. 1-0 the final. Woodlock needs to be a little bit stretched out, but gives up one unearned run over the course of three innings. Christian Arroyo wound up having a fielding error out there in the field, and for the Red Sox, five scoreless innings out of the bullpen. You wound up having Austin Davis and John Schreiber combined for two scoreless innings. Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes, it's a roadless. They'll give you a scoreless inning, but for the Red Sox, nothing doing on offense. 0 of 5 with men in scoring position as Alec Manoa. Manoa, what? This guy was great. Seven scoreless innings, giving up three runs, and then Adam Simber, Jordan Romano. They're able to close it out. They're able to give you a scoreless inning out of the bullpen, and for the Boston Red Sox, they did wind up putting up a few runs a little bit earlier in the series, but they've now been all the two runs or fewer, and now four out of their last six games, and the Blue Jays have been one of your best under teams out there in baseball, so it's been intriguing to take a look at. Astros didn't generate a lot of offense, but they did just enough to be able to get the job done against the Walker Texas Rangers by kind of 3-2. Three runs on three hits with Kyle Tucker providing the biggest of them. Fourth home run of the season, that winds up coming off of Matt Bush, who winds up giving up two runs in an inning out of the bullpen, and Martin Perez, very good start for him. Gives up one run over the course of seven innings. John King, he's able to give you a scoreless inning out of the bullpen, and wound up taking the answers run line like I did, while Corey Seager wound up wrecking that second home run of the season that comes off of one of Rafael Montero, who winds up giving up a solo home run in his inning. Blake Taylor gives you a scoreless inning, though, and then for Justin Verlander, continuing to look very resurgent. Gives up just one run over the course of seven innings to be able to get that one done. If you, like me, wind up having the over in Royals versus White Sox. Thank goodness for the ghost runner, which I still think is a terrible rule because on getting three runs in the 10th, uh, the Royals be able to get that done by a count of 5-2. to two. For the Royals, they strand him and on basically go 1-10 of 10 with Ben in scoring position, but Ghost Runner was able to help them out as for the White Sox, Michael Kopech, he did wind up walking 4-5 and five innings but gives up just two runs. From there, you wind up having Ozad Ruiz give you a scoreless inning, Tanner Banks do a scoreless inning, but then Aaron Bummer. Big Bummer is in the 10th inning. He did allow those three runs, only one of which was earned. He was hurt a little bit out there in the field as he did wind up going 1-2 and two thirds innings with Matt Foster giving you the final out of the 10th inning. And then for the Kansas City Royals, Brad Thunderkel just wind up giving up a solo home run in seven innings. That was to Lori Garcia. His first home run of the season, but other than that, relatively flawless. Josh Shamount gives up a run in an inning, but Scott Barlow, Taylor Clark, they're both able to deliver a scoreless ninth and tenth inning to be able to get it done. The Tampa Bay race, they wind up being able to get it done in another low-scoring game, 2-1 to one the final. A relative bullpen game here for the Tampa Bay race. You do have Jeffrey Springs be able to give you two and two-thirds innings as the opener, giving up one run. From there, John Adams is able to give you four outside the bullpen. Jalen Beeks, J.P. Fire and they both go two scoreless innings, and then Colin Pooch and Ryan Thompson. They combine to be able to pitch a scoreless ninth inning, and for the Seattle Mariners, Chris Flexen, a little bit of a tough luck loser, gives up two runs over the course of six and two-thirds innings, certainly performed well. Diego Castillo, the former Ray, gives you a pair of outside the bullpen, and then you wind up having a pair of outside the bullpen from one Anthony Michevich, who's been able to do a solid job this season, but for the Mariners, two of eight with men in scoring position, so not a lot doing there. 
Not a lot doing for the Detroit Tigres either. They wind up losing to the Minnesota Twins by kind of 7-1. By the way, Drake Skubal and Bailey Ober were the starters in a game which had a total of 7. So that tells you how these totals are shifting and how it's hard to go much lower than you are right now. Because with the Tigers, they strain 12 men on base and that hurt Mr. Skubal. He does wind up giving up 6 runs, but... Only three of which were earned. Hero Castro had a pair of errors out there in the field. And then the other Castro, Willie Castro, he winds up giving an error. He wind up having an error out of Tucker Barnard as well. So that didn't help. From there, Jacob Barnes gives up a run in an inning. But Wani Peralta, Joe Jimenez, both able to give you a scoreless inning. And for the Minnesota Twins, you did wind up having Baylor over. Not necessarily give a lot of length. Gives up six hits in three and two-thirds innings. But was able to strand a bunch of men on. Gives up just one run in the process. From there, Griffin Jacks, a three-inning save. You don't see that very often. Ty Duffy. A scoreless inning in Cody Sashek. One and a third inning scoreless for the Twins to be able to get it done out there. You did wind up seeing a little bit of a better start here from one Patrick Corbin, but he falls to 0-4 and the Nationals to 6-15. The Miami Marlins get it done by a count of 3-2 for the Miami Marlins, by the way. Not as if this team has been on some sort of a power surge or anything like that. To their credit, they have been able to break the four-run plateau and now three out of their last five games, but certainly it's been via pitching that they've been able to get it done as Trevor Rogers gives up one run over the course of six innings. You do have Richard Blyer give up a run while getting two outs, but Cole Sulzer, Anthony Bass, two and a third innings. They can Combined for scoreless and for the Marlins, by the way, this is a bunch that they have now allowed two runs or fewer in, I believe, four out of their last seven games. And if you want to go to three runs, I believe six out of their last nine. So they've been able to do a solid job there. And for the Washington Nationals, not much doing as Corbin gives up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of six innings, hurt by a pair of errors out there in the field. Victor Rano, Austin Volth, along Josh Rogers, all combined for a scoreless inning in peace. But for the Nationals, not a lot doing with the bats, just four total hits for them. Brewers and Pirates, not a lot doing with regards to their offense, but the Brewers, they get it done by a count of 3-2 to two as the Pittsburgh Pirates, they wind up scoring a combined three runs in the final two games of the series, and to the credit of the Milwaukee Brewers, they have given up more than four runs just once in their last eight, nine games, so they've been able to do a great job with regards to the pitching out there. Freddie Peralta, six scoreless things, best that we've seen from him since he wound up getting injured last season. Brian Boxberger does wind up giving up two runs in a third of an inning, but you wind up having Brent Suter give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and then Obi Milner and Devin Williams both give you a scoreless setting as a big hit for the Brewers game in the first inning. Andrew McCutcheon, he winds up getting a solo run off of Jose Quintana for a home run of the season as he had all three RBI in this game as Quintana gives up that solo run over the course of five innings in his part, but Chris Ranton in the ninth inning gives up a pair to Mr. Andrew McCutcheon that wound up costing them the game. David Bernard was able to give you a scoreless setting, and then Miguel Yajur and Ethan Embry, they combined for two scoreless settings. So, Pirates, they wind up leading 2-1 to one going into the ninth inning. That was a little bit brutal. What else is brutal? The entirety of the season for the Cincinnati Reds thus far. We are into Cincinnati, and they're on to another loss. 7-5 to five the finalists for the San Diego Padres. No home runs, but they do wind up going 3-12 of 12 with men in scoring position, and they were able to light it up with 11 hits. Three errors from the Padres. That very nearly cost them the run line, but Minty, you want coming out of the podcast, gave out the Padres. She and so many others were able to get there. As Tyler Molly gives up three runs over the course of five and a third inning. Sony Santian gives up two runs while getting just two outs. Under Strickland gives up a run out of the bullpen. In one inning, Dottie Maretta, he winds up giving you a pair of outs. He gives up a run. Art Warren winds up giving you an out out of the bullpen. And Buck Farmer, a scoreless inning. And for the Reds, they were able to get a little bit of offense in this one as you did wind up having Nick Martinez give up two runs over the course of five innings. But Tim Hill gets just one out, gives up two runs out of the bullpen. And then Luis Garcia, one and two thirds innings, gives up a run, but it was an unearned run. CJ Abrams and Tim Hill wound up having errors in this game, but Taylor Rogers was able to get a scoreless setting to be able to get the save, and Nabel Chrisman was able to give you a scoreless setting as well. The power surge of the week really came from the Philadelphia Phillies, an 
in every one of their games against the Colorado Rockies, put up at least a touchdown. 7-1, they wind up being able to take down the Rockies as Austin Gomber got gombered up, giving up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of six innings, including a bomb to Alec Bohm. His second home run of the season. From there, you do wind up having Tyler Kinley give up four runs, two of which were earned over the course of two-thirds of an inning, was hurt by a pair of errors out there in the field, and then Justin Lawrence, one and a third inning scoreless. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, Brad Ann, he does wind up giving up a run out of the bullpen, but Zach Wheeler looks like he's back to wheeling and dealing. Gives up one hit over the course of six innings. Did walk four, but still solid. James Orwood gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and then you wind up having Damon Jones and Andrew Bellotti give you a scoreless setting. So the Phillies wind up completing a four-game sweep of the Colorado Rockies, and the Rockies still above 500 despite the sweep, and the Yankees, they get out the brooms, and they sweep the Baltimore Orioles. 10-5 the final as Bruce Zimmerman with two ends on Zimmerman. Takes a loss even though all the runs they wanted giving up were unearned. Ore Mateo and Kelvin Gutierrez. Thanks for nothing as they commit a combined four errors between the two of them. That is not great right there. From there, you do wind up having a pair of outs out of the bullpen out of Brian Baker. Two runs, one of which were earned, were given up by Mike Bauman in one and two-thirds innings. And Paul Fry comes in for one and a third innings. Four runs, three of which were earned. So a lot of unearned runs there. And for the New York Yankees, you did wind up having James Santayan get it up a little bit. Gives up two runs over the course of four and a third innings. But Miguel Castro, it will give you an out of the bullpen. Jonathan Wise, good. Wandy Peralta, they both combined to be able to give you two scoreless innings. Chad Green, a scoreless inning out of the bullpen. And things got a little bit interesting in the ninth. Ron Marincino winds up giving up three runs and two-thirds of an inning, but Lucas Luki able to put out the fire from there, and Aaron Judge winds up being able to get his fifth home run of the season as well. So the Yankees, they've been able to get a little bit hot with the bat. They've been able to score five-plus runs, I believe now five out of their last six games, so that has been rock solid for them. But what else has been rock solid is just the continuous stream of unders that we're getting right now. You take a look at what we've all seen in Major League Baseball and what we've all been getting for the season, and it was another day in which unders wound up being able to prevail over overs. And you just take a look at the season to date in Major League Baseball. 156 unders, 106 overs. That is 59.5% to the under. And with regards to what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball, you did wind up seeing 7 out of the 13 games wind up going under the total. You wound up having either 5 or 6 overs, depending upon if you wound up getting a 6.5 or a 7 in that Royals versus White Sox game. And for underdogs, it's been a little bit intriguing this year because underdogs straight up are 107 and 171. They're only hitting at 38.5% of the time, but... When it comes to favorites, among the 171 straight-up wins that they've wound up having, 42 have been by one run, so they've not covered the run line. So run lines have been a little bit of an issue for favorites. And if you're wanting to dive a little bit deeper into home favorites, home favorites are 101 and 70 straight up, but 35 of those 111 wins by approximately one run. So that's what we're taking a look at right now, and that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now. Now let's talk a little bit more about this under binge with our good friend Ariel Epstein. Does a great job over there with Yahoo Sports. Does a great job as well with MLB Network. We're going to be joined by her next. She does a great job. When it comes to Cape Props, talk about that. Talk about how to gauge some of these lower scoring games and what she all likes for Friday. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play breaking down every game every day in major league baseball this is the baseball betting show here is your host greg peterson and we're back in lovely las vegas for the baseball betting show with myself greg peterson now part of the Beeson family of podcasts and it is great to be joined by our guest as early obscene does absolutely terrific work at a couple different places you're a catcher at yahoo sportsbook she is better known as a prop queen doing a great job over there, and now you're able to catch her every single weekday over there on MOB Network. She and Matt Vaskurgeon do an absolutely terrific show over there called the Pregame Spread that is typically on 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time. Those who are doing absolutely amazing work over there, and Ariel has joined me quite a few times on this podcast, always delivers the goods, and you're able to follow her on Twitter at Easy Enough. Her name, Ariel Epstein, all together, and Ariel, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's always fun doing this at the beginning, and then we usually do it again at the end of the season, and we compare how things have changed. Absolutely, and right now I think that we're both in agreement. Unders have been doing very well this baseball season. Going into Thursday, we had seen right around 59.5% of games go under the total, and has this caused you to make any adjustments? Because I can tell you right now, typically going into a season, I expect to see a couple more unders and overs, but I wasn't expecting quite this. It's definitely a lot more unders than we're used to. However, I'm not going to change the way that I handicap games just because of a trend that's happening in the month of April. If you keep trying to adjust, then sometimes, and it's good to adjust. It's just so early that I'm trying to adjust more day by day than I am by looking at a large scale. What I have been doing, though, is betting a lot of first five unders instead of full game unders. There are bullpens I just don't trust. 
Unfortunately, some of the teams that have the lower batting averages in the league also have some pretty bad bullpens. That's a tough correlation. Um, So I've been really just looking at more of these first five unders as opposed to the full game unders, even though I know that the trend has been there on the full game unders. Yeah, to your point about teams that have bad batting averages and bad bullpens, look no further than the Cincinnati Reds and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I certainly hear you there. And I do take a look at some of these totals. And I do think that at a point, you just wind up getting a little bit too low on those as well. It wound up taking extra innings for it to be able to get there. But a game between the Royals and the White Sox closed at seven with a lot of juice on the under. At some places, that wound up reaching six half. And I do think that there's a point at which you just can't wind up adjusting enough for these unders because if you wind up handicapping a total that's less than like a six half when you've got Brad Keller and Michael Kopech going out there, you need to, to use a little bit of a poker term, wind up hitting runner-runner with both teams failing to be able to get to three runs at a lot of spots to be able to get those unders. I do think that at a certain point, you just can't really go much lower with regards to these totals. And if they wind up going under, you just have to accept it. I haven't really seen anything below a six and a half. Obviously, you probably won't. Um, I've never seen a six and a half has been a lot of Mets numbers. The Mets have been one of the best under teams in baseball, even dating back to last year. Their starting pitching has been some of the best in baseball, especially when Max Scherzer or Tyler McGill is on the mound. The Mets have had totals of six and a half, which is just insane. That number even went over by the hook a few days ago. The Mets in the top of the ninth had that crazy inning, and the game ends up hitting at seven, uh, even though it went into the ninth, what, three or four runs short of that six and a half. Those are the crazy things about betting unders and full games. You just can't trust these bullpens. The way I've really been tracking a lot of my games and handicapping them, I've been trying to either spot reverse line movement or I see how the lines are moving overnight. I start there. If a line moves heavily in favor of a favorite, I look to a team total over on that team or maybe a team total under on the opposition. I will also look to see if, like when I say reverse line movement, seeing that if the bet slips and the money are coming in on one side and it moves in favor of a team like the Tigers, well, why is the line moving in favor of the Tigers? Maybe I bet a team total over on the dog if I'm not so confident in betting them on the money line. I look to see how I could use the props market to my advantage as opposed to just maybe those mainstream bets like a money line or a total. Yep, and there certainly are ways that you could take a look at some of those team totals as well because I've seen a few of them. Most notably a few nights ago, you wound up seeing it with the Pittsburgh Pirates where their total wound up reaching two and a half. And boy, at that point, you're just asking for a team to be able to get three runs. You could wind up getting a pair of walks and a home run. And then all of a sudden, you wind up getting your over right there. So that certainly does lend for a few options as well as we do have Ariel Epstein, better known as Prop Queen, joining me right here on the podcast. And Ariel, something else I know that you take quite a bit of a look at is these K props. And something else I've noticed with regards to the season as well is that we just haven't seen starters wind up going as deep. I still remember that Kevin Gosman start that we wind up seeing in that Toronto versus Boston Red Sox game about a week or so ago. That was the first time all season that a pitcher had pitched into the ninth inning, and I don't think we've seen one ever since then. Has that affected the way that you wind up taking a look at K-Props? Because I have to think that you wind up having to adjust your numbers down a little bit more when these guys are only going five or six when you're used to them maybe going, say, six or seven. It's not something I always look at. I actually look more to the opposition. I look more to how the team that they're facing does with strikeouts, whether it's a high K rate or a low K rate. Then I look to how these teams do against lefties and righties. Does that lineup hit 
strike out more against a certain side? Or do they strike out less against a lefty or a righty, depending on who's on the mound? You can't take necessarily, and again, you have to read reports, especially early in the year. What I was doing was looking at a lot of these quotes from managers, seeing if there was going to be pitch counts. We're a month in. Likely, you're not going to have a lot of pitch counts anymore on most guys. I do just look to, because for example, if you're going to throw somebody on the mound, let's just say, because he's in my mind, he's pitching uh, on the Friday slate, Adam Wainwright, the St. Louis Cardinals ace. You might get Wainwright booted out of a game against a team like the Houston Astros or the Chicago Cubs who are hitting like fire right now. You may get him removed from a game faster than a game against the Cincinnati Reds. That's why I can't look to just innings because every game's different. Every matchup's different. There could have been a lefty-righty combo. Who knows? But the thing I look at is looking at the lineup, seeing if they have a high K rate or a low K rate. Look at their lefty-righty splits. How does that affect their K rate? I've also been tracking with my good friend, mid-major Matt. We've been tracking all the K props all year. We've been seeing which teams are more prone to going over or under their strikeout props this season. That plays a factor, too, in capping not only the K prop itself, the averages of each of these lineups against either a righty or lefty starter. Yeah, mid-major Matt, by the way, does absolutely excellent work. I'm glad that you bring him up. And to your point, there are some teams that they strike out a ton. We've seen it with the Tampa Bay Rays over the years. And then there are teams like the Houston Astros that no matter who you wind up getting out there, you know that those guys are just going to be able to give you a good at-bat, even if those guys wind up getting out. Typically, they're not going to punch out. They're going to wind up putting the ball in place. So there certainly are good tendencies to be able to take a look at there. And when it comes to being able to take a look at things, the Friday slate is very interesting because you do have a couple random starters that are going to be going out there, like a Kyle Bradish, for example, is going to be going for the Baltimore Orioles. But we're noticing that there's a lot of ace pitchers that are going to be going on the mound on Friday. And I take a look at this matchup between the Philadelphia Phillies and a team that you mentioned a little bit earlier in the New York Mets. And I do think that it's interesting. You've got Tyler McGill on the mound right now, finding himself a slight favorite. And I do agree with the line. I take a look at Aaron Nola, someone who has just throughout his career has always been worse on the road than he has been at home. And frankly, other than when Angel Hernandez has been calling behind the plate, it's not necessarily been a great start for him to begin the season. And there are certain guys that you take a look at at the beginning of the season, you get impressed by them and you start backing them more. I feel like I'm sort of in that boat with Tyler McGill. I'm not sure if you've taken too much of a look at this game, but I do think that the Mets pretty appropriately priced and should be the favorite against the Phillies. Especially at home, especially with the way that these pitchers have been throwing with one of the top 10 team ERAs in the league. I also was just doing a daily fantasy video for Yahoo. Pete Alonso's numbers are really good against Nola. Against the starter for Philly, Alonzo is hitting 355. He's 11 for 31, which is a good sample size for plate appearances. Three doubles, three home runs, six RBI. Alonzo's hitting two, he hit 292 last season when playing at City Field as opposed to on the road at 245. He crushed the Phillies last year, hitting 333 and 12 at bats. If you could get the over on certain, let's just say, over on bases for Alonzo, if you get the over one and a half on total bases, if you could get him in any kind of way in the prop market where you're not laying heavy juice, I would go bet some Pete Alonzo tomorrow too. I don't blame you there. And when I take a look at Pete Alonso as well, I always just am in awe at the way that this guy winds up hitting on the road. Now, this game is obviously in City Field, a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, but certainly Pete Alonso has become one of the best managers out there in baseball. So I am in lockstep with you there. And something else I think is going to be very intriguing when it comes to the slate that we're going to be getting on Friday, 
how to gauge a Houston Astros moving forward because I take a look at teams early on in the season that have maybe gotten a little bit of an unlucky string and I do take a look at this Astros offense and I'm starting to think that the balls that just have been flyouts, these balls that have been put in play and just have not found the holes. They are going to start to do so for the Astros. And they're going up against a guy in Yusei Kikuchi who has been able to do a better job of being able to get swings and misses recently rather than the beginning part of his career. Going up against another guy, Jose Urquidy, who does pitch a little bit more to contact, doesn't necessarily walk a lot of guys. And I do think that it's intriguing. We're right now seeing a lot of totals at an eight and a half here. Blue Jays anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. I take a look at a pair of offenses that, in my opinion, have underachieved here towards the beginning part of the season, and I feel like this could be a little bit of a bust-out spot for both of them. When you think about the Toronto Blue Jays, especially with the lineup, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you think hits, runs, top five offense. This team has been a bottom 10 offense when it comes to scoring with runners in scoring position. A lot in this game is going to circle around the health of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He had x-rays on his right foot, which came back negative, yet his foot was too sore to play on Thursday. He's done really well in just nine plate appearances against their kitty, though. He's hitting 444. He's four for nine with a home run, two RBI. Him and Bo Bichette in the top part of that lineup is really dangerous going up against their kitty, who's now going to be on the road. It's funny. This is Kikuchi's first home start of the season in Toronto. Alex Bregman's a name to watch out for. He's three, he's hitting 353 against Kikuchi in his career. Bregman was hot against lefties last year. He hit 300 against Southpaws, while um, right now he's only hitting 182. Against lefties, however, last year he really took off against those southpaws, so this could be a wake-up matchup for Bregman as well. When you've got a lefty on the mound for these Astros, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I know both these offenses have really disappointed. I just am waiting to see what the health status of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is before I could really make much of an opinion because him in that four spot is or in that uh, either three, four spot is so key. Obviously, it's so early. We're still recording this at 7 p.m. Eastern time the day before. But um, yeah, Toronto at home seems right with Erkuti being the player on the other side for Houston. But yeah, these are two just underwhelming offenses right now, which is pretty, uh, pretty surprising. Yep. And speaking of underwhelming offenses, as we do a very well, I've seen Jeremy on the podcast. I'm seeing at DraftKings a 6F, other places a 7 on this one. The Cleveland Guardians, who, boy, they have really went into a rut recently. They're playing against an Oakland A's team that are 5-4 and four in their last nine games despite scoring two runs or fewer in, I believe, six of those games. It might actually be seven of those games. Yet somehow, someway, they have been able to get the job done. And wouldn't you know it, the Oakland A's are right now finding themselves a minus-140 favorite at DraftKings. Other places more around a minus-125 to a minus-130 with Frankie Montas taking the mound. Now, Aaron Savali is going to be going for the Cleveland Guardians, and I've been backing the Oakland A's a lot this season. I felt like they were badly undervalued at the beginning part of the season, but I take a look at the Oakland A's being right around in a lot of places between minus 125 and minus 130. And I feel like there might be a little bit too much market correction here. I'm not sure what your take is for the Oakland A's, but I thought at the beginning of the season when they were getting those north of plus 150, plus 160 prices, they were being a little bit disrespected. Here with Frankie Montas going at minus 125 or greater, I think the line has moved a little bit too far. Then you look to the game logs, though, and the game logs are giving the A's the advantage because Savali hasn't gone past the fourth inning yet this year, whereas Montes has gone at least six innings in his last three starts. He's also been great with allowing just a max of two runs last three starts. His last bad outing was in Philadelphia against the Phillies. 
He's now pitched two straight home games, and he's only given up that max of two runs. Texas ended up beating them two to nothing. If anything, the pitching matchup is going in favor of Oakland, and Savali is not someone I want to back right now. He gave up six runs to the Yankees on the road. He gave up two runs, but they ended up uh, giving up a total of seven runs to Kansas City in the first week of the season. San Francisco, he just gave up three earned four runs against, and they lost 8-1. I have no interest right now in Aaron Savali on the mound. I see why this line is the way it is, and that's because Frankie Montes at home is the clear advantage, and they don't have to blow their bullpen either. Yeah, Ben, when it comes to both of these teams, they have been in quite a rut with regards to the offense, which is why you're right now finding totals either heavily juicy, under on seven, or at a six and a half as well. And Ariel, when you wind up taking a look at what we've got for Friday, we wind up running through a few marquee games. Is there anything else that's really standing out to you? There are a few games that are currently off the board. The Orioles want to make it a little bit of a change. Kyle Bradish looks like he's going to be making his MLB debut. And right now, we've got no numbers up on the Texas Rangers game because apparently Spencer Howard might be getting a start. I can tell you right now, I won't be betting Spencer mm-hmm. Howard if he winds up starting. But with that said, is there anything that's really standing out to you? What stands out to me is that even though we're talking about a season of unders, St. Louis is the place for overs. 5-1-1, one, one, not including Thursday night. 5-1-1 one, one to the over is what the totals have been when playing at Bush Stadium. With Arizona coming to town, now it does make me a little nervous because the D-backs are hitting 178. They have the third least RBI, and the D-backs actually have a 193 ERA for their starting rotation in their last 12 games. It scared me off these totals a little bit in this series. It's just something to keep in mind that St. Louis, for some reason, at the beginning of this season, has been the home for overs. Yep, and to your point, right now I'm seeing a total of seven. At seven and a half, that's when I would start to take a look at an under. But if we keep getting to sevens, and I think we've seen a couple six and a halves, especially in that series that we wound up getting against the Mets, that's when I would really start to take a look at the over. It's what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Sometimes the numbers, they just get down so far low that you just can't wind up taking an under without really needing things to go right for you. So I'm right there with you. If we do wind up seeing a seven or lower, I'd be in lockstep on that one. And Ariel, I know that you're doing a great job of being able to gauge so many things. I'd mention it. You and Matt Vaskirgen doing a great job on MLB Network Monday through Friday. You're over there at Yahoo Sports. And on top of your baseball duties, you do a great job of being able to find some props out there in the NBA market. I know that you do a great job when it's football season, being able to take a look in that avenue as well. I know that you just do a wide variety of things all throughout the year. When one sport ends, another one begins for you. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything that you've got going on in general. On social media, you can follow me at Ariel Epstein on Twitter, Ariel Epstein on Instagram. Also check out Yahoo Sportsbook on Twitter. I'm on MLB Network's pregame spread 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. All MLB analysis, interviews, et cetera, and great uh, betting analysis, too. So definitely check it out. Yep, I've seen that show a few times because they've actually shown it at Circa a few times when I've been in there. Yep, I know that there have been a couple people have shown photos of you on the big giant screen, and you two do an absolutely terrific job. It really is a great show, and it's great that the MLB has been doing this. That and the show Better's Eye, which I believe that you've been on there a few times Mm -hmm. the last few years as well. I know that Minty has been on there as well. 
You two do an absolutely terrific job over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. You're doing a great job just tearing it up with regards to your NBA props as well. So, Ariel, she's got you covered with a little bit of everything all year long. And really, everyone over there at Yahoo Sportsbook, they do a great job. It is always a pleasure to get Ariel on the podcast. So, a big thanks, her for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we come on. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play breaking down every game every day in major league baseball this is the baseball betting show here is your host greg peterson and we're back here love you las vegas for the baseball betting show with myself greg peterson now part of the Beeson family of podcasts and it is great to get ariel epstein on this podcast she does absolutely amazing work the new show that she is doing with Van Fascursion over there at MLB Network. It is absolutely incredible. She always brings the goods whenever she is on this podcast and did so once again today. So, big thanks to her for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at June at underscore 81, and we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then you got the American League games after that, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. So how about without further ado, we get started with that first National League game. That'd be 
951 and 52 on the bang board, the Slam Diego Padres. It throwed face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Zach Thompson is going to be going for the Buckos, and you Darvish is going to be on the bump for the Padres. Padres find themselves anywhere between minus 165 and minus 170 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Buckos, it's anywhere between plus 145, seeing as high as a plus 154 with your draw on scheme. 7.5 under saying anywhere between minus 115 and minus 130, and the over is anywhere between plus 110 and minus 105, and... I did wind up making it, so that way I need at least a plus 159 here with the Buckos, which means I'm willing to lay up to a minus 159 on the Padres' money line, so we're really not there with either money line, but you take a look at the run line, and right now with the Padres, you're finding that anywhere between even money and plus 105, I'm willing to lay up to a minus 107, so this is a spot where, at current numbers, I'd be willing to take the Padres' run line. If this line's getting up north of a plus 160, then I would start to consider the Pirates on the money line, but that said, right now, I'm going to be taking a look at a Padres online. You take a look at what San Diego was able to do, and it was against the poopy Reds, and man, they are struggling, but they put up at least a touchdown in all three of those games, and this is a team that has been able to get going. Drixon Profar has been able to do a nice job of being able to go yard for this team. Four home runs, not necessarily doing a great job with average, but 342 on base. Eric Cosmer and Manny Machado are both hitting above a 390 right now, which that is insane, and you're doing this with Jake Cronenworth, along with Trent Grisham, C.J. Abrams, who was out for quite a while, all hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. You do take a look at this Padres bullpen as well. It's one of the best that you're going to find out there in the big leagues. Tim Mill sometimes leaves you holding your breath a little bit, but Craig Stammen along Taylor Rogers. These guys have been solid. Pedro Avila is someone I like. Nabel Krismet, if you need innings, he's able to do a solid job. And for you, Darvish, wound up getting off to a very bad start to the year in that start against the San Francisco Giants, but last 12 and two-thirds innings against the Dodgers and the Braves. I recognize both of these starts were at home, and he really had his struggles on the road last season. 12 and two-thirds innings, giving up one run. So, has been rock solid coming into this, and it's a benefit, even though he is on the road, where he wound up having north of a 5 ERA last season, of going up against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Daniel Vogelback has made right around a 300 for this team, but I mean, when you're leadoff hitter, Daniel Vogelback, you know that things aren't going well. Brian Hayes is able to get on base as well, but you really don't have a lot of power with this team. Michael Chavis, he's been able to right around 270. He's been able to give you a pair of homers. Brian Reynolds, he was a little bit slow getting out of the gate last year at a 300 this year, hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200, so you've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Now, I do take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, and what I do like about this team is the bullpen. David Benar has been able to give you some good innings. Uh, Anthony Banda is currently on the injured list. That hurts him, so now they're looking to Sam Hour for a couple more innings. Chris Stratton, Bull Solzer, they're going to need to do a solid job, but I do take a look at Zach Thompson. Been a very rough start to the year from last year while he was with the Miami Marlins. I actually liked what I saw out of him, either at home or on the road, because obviously he was playing at Miami last season. And he posted up overall a 324 ERA, wound up making 14 starts, 12 relief appearances, 75 innings, 6 home runs surrendered. So he was able to do a good job. I do think that he's going to be able to hold down the fort. I do think that the Padres have a chance to be able to get it done just because I think that the Pirates, they're going to have a tough time being able to get to 3 in this spot. I did wind up saying my total at a 7.3. So at the minus 115 juice that we're seeing on 7.5, I'm willing to go under, and I'm going to be looking at the Padres on the run line. 9.53, 9.54 on the betting board. You got the Philadelphia Phillies there the road to face off against the New York Metropolitans. Tyler McGill is going to be going for the Mets and Aaron Supernola. It's on the pump for Philadelphia. Seven is your total with the under anywhere between minus 115 and 
seeing as good as even money. Meanwhile, with the over, buying that anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120, seeing straight 7.5 out there as well. That under is minus 125, the over is plus 105, with the Mets slight favorites in this spot. Anywhere between minus 106 and minus 120. Meanwhile, with the Phillies, you're finding them as good as a plus 105, as bad as a minus 104 end. When it comes to the spot, I did mind it saying the Mets at a minus 122. I mentioned it with Ariel, the fact that you've got Aaron Nola, who for his career has more than a point higher on his ERA when he's on the road rather than that at home. Now, Aaron Nola's coming off a very good start against the Milwaukee Brewers. Seven scoreless settings. Keep in mind, that was the infamous Angel Hernandez game in which the zone wound up lengthening by about a half a foot. you got to keep that into perspective, in my opinion. And you just take a look at the way that Aaron Nola wound up pitching against the New York Mets last season. I typically don't wind up going into team-related sets. In four starts, he did wind up having a 225 ERA. He was able to do a solid job. Held down the fort against them. But that's a little bit of a different Mets team. Pete Alonso has been able to do a very solid job for a Mets team that has one of the best offenses in baseball right now. They're in as a collective right around a 260. Alonso has a trio of homers. He's been hitting a 260. Francisco Lindor is hitting a 275. Four bombs for him. Starling Marte of the Marte Parte, one of the best base sealers in baseball. Brandon Nimmo, Eduardo Escobar, they're hitting a 270. Jeff McNeil along with Barcana. They're both hitting right around 325. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, they were get online in that series against the Colorado Rockies. They put up seven plus runs in all four of those games. But with that said, this has been a team that has struggled a little bit more on the road, even at Coors Field with their offense. Kyle Schwarber, he does have four home runs, but he's hitting a buck 64. Bryce Harper, he's been able to get things online. He and Nick Cassianos both hitting three home runs this season. You've got Harper hitting a 275, Cassianos a 320. So these guys, no question, are able to hit, but you do take a look at this Mets team and Tyler McGill, he has been very good this season. 235 ERA in four starts. He has given up two home runs in 23 innings, but with that said, he has one up against very good teams. The last we wound up going up against Philadelphia, and that was on the road. Five and a third inning scoreless, so he was certainly able to do his part when he wound up going up against the Phillies last season, and it's sorry, he did wind up going four and two-thirds innings, giving up four runs, so it's a little bit hit or miss what we've seen out of him, and for the Philadelphia Phillies, one of the worst bullpen ERAs out there in the big leagues, but I do think that they're going to be able to progress a little bit right hand as someone that winds up coming in in the offseason, jurisdiction familiar, Corey Canabel. These guys should be able to help out. Meanwhile, with the Mets, you still have out there someone like Seth Lugo, I think is going to be able to give you some good innings. Now, Edwin Diaz, someone that I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in, isn't great, but Jason Shreve has been solid. Sean Reed Foley is able to give you some good innings as well. It's a very pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in New York. Not going to be a very warm night as well, so ball's probably not going to be flying too much. Now, I do think that 7 is a little bit too low with the way that both of these offenses are playing. I did wind up saying my total at a 7.7, especially with the way that Aaron Nola winds up performing on the road. So, this is a spot in which I'm willing to lay up to a minus 122 here with the Mets, so I'm willing to lay it, and I'm going to be taking a look at this 7 over 955, 9 56 on the betting board. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to be playing us the Chicago Cubs. Kyle Hendricks is going to be going for the Cubs. And Adrian, don't call me Tukey Houser, is going to be going for the Brew Crew. Currently, only Caesars has a number up on this game. Brewers are minus 145, plus 135 on the Cubs. And your total on this game is 8. Under is minus 120, and the over is even. At current numbers, I would be taking a look at an over. I did minus saying my total in an 8.2. And I'm willing to lay up to a minus 154 here with the Milwaukee Brewers. I would need at least a plus 130 to be able to take a look at their run line. Currently, I'm finding that at a plus 145, but at current numbers, I would rather play it safe with the money line at a minus 145-ish rather than the run line, personally, because the Milwaukee Brewers sometimes they go into a little bit of a funk with their offense. I mean, you just take a look at this team. They have scored three runs or fewer in four out of their last five games, and they wound up just playing a trio of games against the Poopy Pittsburgh Pirates. So, that's not necessarily too great. You take a look at the starting line lineup that you wound up having for the Milwaukee Brewers. 
on Thursday, and, well, they wind up having nobody in the starting lineup or anyone that was not named their catcher in Alex Jackson, who I believe has three at-bats this year. That's hitting above a 250, and that's three at-bats for Mr. Jackson. So that's a little bit of an issue right there. William Thomas did wind up having a nice game against the Pirates a couple days ago. I believe he had seven RBI in that game, but he's still hitting a 213 on Renfro's in that neighborhood. Rowdy Tellez is able to give you a little bit of power, but these guys are not getting on base. But you do have a Brewers team in which you've got Devin Williams and Josh Ader out there in the bullpen. Those guys are very rock solid. These guys are two that you're able to rely upon. Jake Cousins is able to come in and he's able to hold down the Fort Bright Boxberger. That is very solid for this team as well. And keep in mind, Williams did wind up pitching yesterday, but Hader did not. So that is something that you do want to be taking a look at for this game. And then you take a look at the professor and Kyle Hendricks for his career. He's got about a point and a half higher on his ERA when he is away from regularly field. He is a professor at home. On the road, not so much. Now, currently this season, he's got a buck 62 home ERA and a 1473 road ERA. I can tell you right now, there's going to be a little bit of an evening out with regards to that, so do keep that in mind, but when it comes to the Cubs, you can't really rely upon this bullpen too much. They do pick up Sean Newcomb, Chris Martin from the Atlanta Braves, but Scott E. Frost is not necessarily too great. Michael Givens, well, he's not giving you too much, and when it comes to the Cubs, I will say the lineup has not necessarily been too bad for this team. C.A. Suzuki winds coming over from the Nippon Baseball League. He's got four bombs. He's hitting a 333 for this team. Wilson Contreras, he's went deep a pair of times. He's got a 353 on base. Frank Schwindel needs to pick it up a little bit. Ian Patrick Wisdom, both hitting between a 235 and a 240, but Ian App, he's hitting a 340. I do take a look at this spot, though, and I do think that Adrian Donkami, Dukey Hauser, going to continue his great play. He's got a 352 ERA this season, but going back to the All-Star break of 2021 in that time span, has right around a 3-ish ERA. Someone who doesn't necessarily have demonstrative home and road splits. You take a look at the 2021 campaign. 281 ERA at home. 367 on the road, slightly better at home, gives up right around one home run per nine innings, needs to lessen the walks thus far this season, has given up seven free passes in 15 and a third innings, but I think that he's going to come in and he's going to be able to get the job done. I'm looking at the eight over and I'm looking at the Milwaukee Brewers, 957, 958 on the bang board. These St. Louis Cardinals are going to be playing us to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner is going to be going for the D-backs and Adam Wayno is going to be going for the Cards. The Cardinals are finding themselves as big favorites, anywhere between minus 162 and minus 170 Meanwhile, with the Snakes, it's anywhere between plus 150 and plus 164. 7 is your total. Over is anywhere between minus 120 minus 130. Under is anywhere between even a plus 110. If you're looking at the Cardinals on the run line, by the way, find that anywhere between a plus 125 and a plus 130. And I made the Cardinals minus 194 on the money line and minus 110-ish on the run line. I'm going to reduce the juice. I'm going to go with the run line. You take a look at Madison Bumgarner and I don't think that he's going to lend a bad start. Ariel Epstein wanted to mention in the last segment, the Arizona Diamondbacks starters have right around a 2 ERA. They have been terrific. I mean, Madison Bumgarner, Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly. These guys are able to come in. They're able to hold down the fort, do a terrific job. But take a look at this Diamondbacks lineup. Going into what we wound up seeing Thursday evening, getting up buck 78. They had won their last two games against the LA Dodgers, getting more runs and hits in both of those games. That is not a sustainable way to be able to get the job done. You take a look at the starting lineup that they wound up trotting out there for Thursday, and you wound up having two guys with a batting average above a 250. That would be Pavin Smith, who missed quite a bit of the season, and Seth Beer. Hooray for Beer. It's not necessarily going so great there, and for the St. Louis Cardinals, the team has been able to match Tommy Edmond. He's got a trio of home runs. He's hitting above a three. Nolan Arenado entering into Thursday. 375 batting average. Five bombs. He has been 
been terrific. Paul Goldschmidt, last two weeks, sitting well above a 300 after he had a rough first week of the season. You got to feel like someone like a Tyler O'Neill, who's been off to a slow start. He's going to be able to pick it up. Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson, both of these guys hitting right around 225 has an been great, but even Albert Pools in pitch inning spots has been terrific, and what else has been terrific? Aside from that blow-up that we wound up seeing on Monday, Cardinals bullpen. It's been one of the best out there in the big leagues. You've been able to get good innings out of Nick Wickren, who comes over from Cleveland. Giovanni Gallegos is someone that I'm still relatively high on now. Genesis Cabrera is someone that's currently dealing with a little bit of an injury, so you do want to take note there, but TJ McFarland is able to give you some good innings with the Diamondbacks. The bullpen is certainly far from great, but you do have a couple of guys that are able to do a solid job. Mark Melanson, who's like 500 years old, he's still able to give you something. Over Perez, who was like 700 years old, he's currently on the injured list. They don't have him, so instead you wind up bringing in someone like a Tyler Holton from the minor leagues. I think yeah, he could actually be solid. Corbin Martin is able to end a little bit of length, but I do have a little bit of fear here with Madison Baumgartner as well. A little bit long in the tooth. He's got a 1 ERA this season. He has went for 4 starts. He's given up 2 runs, but he's also given up 3 unearned runs as well. And the walks are sort of high with him. 10 walks in 18 innings. Swing and miss stuff isn't necessarily there with them. Adam Wainwright, you know that he's not going to get a bunch of punch-outs, but 22 strikeouts in 21 innings. That's a relatively solid start for him. You do take a look at Wayno. He did wind up getting lit up a little bit in his last start against the Cincinnati Reds, but all of his runs have come on the road. He has literally won six innings at home this season, has yet to be able to give up a run. I do think that he winds up giving up maybe one or two to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sultan Varshow, along with Christian Walker, entered into Thursday with four home runs apiece, but that said, this is a Cardinals lineup that has been one of the best out there in the big leagues. I'm going to take it over in the spot set by total at a 7.4. If we get to a 7.5, which right now the 7s are relatively juicy, so I'd like a 7.5 with minus 110 juice, then I would start to look at an under, but at a 7, I'd be looking over of the Cardinals, looking at them on the run line. I just cannot take the earth on the Diamondbacks in this spot. 959-960 is going to be the DK Nation pick. You've got the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are on the Cincinnati. And they're under the road facing off against the Colorado Rockies. Antonio Sensatella is going to be going for the Rockies. And Hunter Green is going to be on the bump for the Reds. Got a relatively pick'em game here. With the Colorado Rockies, anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120 is your price. Meanwhile, with the Reds, finding them as good as a plus 104, as bad as a minus 105, with your total anywhere between 10.5 and 11. On the 11, the unders minus 120, the overs even. On the 10.5, overs anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The unders anywhere between minus 110 and minus 105. And the DK Nation pick, we're not going to complicate it too much. We're fading what is currently the worst team in the league in the Cincinnati Reds. I want to make the Rockies more like a minus 170 favorite. Now, I recognize that the Rockies wound up getting swept against the Philadelphia Phillies, but we noticed that with so many road teams trying to go at elevation, in game number one, they just wind up having nothing in there. It is very much one of those things which you just take a look at the actual science behind it, and these teams, they are at quite a bit of a disadvantage. It's why the Rockies were one of the best teams at home last season, and for the Reds, I mean, at normal elevation, this is a team that's hitting below the Mendoza line. At normal elevation, this is a team that ain't really got two guys who have been able to match. Tommy Fambrand and Drury, they've got three home runs. Only other guy with more than one home run, that'd be Tyler Stevenson, and he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury the last few days, so that's a little bit of an issue for this team. You take a look at the way that guys are getting on base, and it's not great. Kyle Farmer's hitting at 279 among guys that are currently active. The only other guy that's really been able to get on base is Jonathan India. Guys like Taylor Nake, 
Colquhoun, Colin Moran. I mentioned Fam a little bit earlier. Nick Senzel, Mike Busakis. He says it's been a hot mess. Joey Votto's really cold to begin the season. And for the Colorado Rockies, you take a look at what this team has been able to do at home this season because I do think that in terms of home and road splits, the most important ones are with the Colorado Rockies. They played 10 games at home this year. They're hitting a 281. They've been able to match for 10 home runs. CJ Crone at home in 10 games has five home runs at 13 RBI. He has been absolutely amazing for this team. Chris Bryant is sitting at 333. He's been dealing with injuries, but Connor Joey makes this team go. He has been able to give the team a trio of home runs. He's been hitting well above a 300, both at home and on the road. Randall Grichik is hitting above a 300. And then for the Rockies, bullpen has been a little bit better for this team. Alex Colomay is not necessarily terrific, but he's a little bit of an upgrade for this team. Carlos Estevez, Ashton Gadu, Tyler Kinley, they're all able to give you good innings. So for the Reds, this team is a hot mess when it comes to their bullpen. I mean, you just take a look at it. They've been utilized for so many innings because, well, they kept on giving up touchdowns to these San Diego Padres the last few days. Luis Sessa is someone that's relatively okay for this team, but Tony Santian wound up getting used up. Hunter Strickland is going to be unavailable. They had to use up Buck Farmer yesterday as well. Art Warren is someone that's had a little bit of a rough go of it this season. So, list goes on and on for this team. And Antonio Sensatella, you want to talk about a guy that's able to pitch very solidly at home? How about this gentleman? He's very much a pitch-to-contact guy, but during the 2021 season, 397 home ERA, 505 ERA on the road, giving up five bombs at 90 and a third innings. Did wind up only getting 51 strikeouts in that time span, but 1.4 walks per nine innings. Very good with his command. Hunter Green, meanwhile, he's able to light up the radar gun, but this is also someone that has given up at least three runs in all three of his starts. Six walks given up in 13 and two-thirds innings. He's given up three home runs. Very exciting player, but at elevation, he might wind up tuckering out very quickly, and that means that you wind up going to a Reds bullpen. That's not necessarily so great. So the DK Nation pick is on the Rockies. I wind up saying them more around a minus 170, and I did wind up saying my total at a 10.7. I do think that this is a Reds team that they're able to get going a little bit more with the offense, so here at the 10 and a half that we're seeing pop up. I'm willing to take a 10.5 over. DK Nation pick, and it's going to be on the Rockies. 961-962 on the betting board. You've got yourself the Washington Nationals, and they're going to be in the road face-off against the San Francisco Giants. Alex Wood is going to be going for the Yantes, and Aron Sanchez is going to be on the bump for the Washington Nationals. Nationals are finding themselves in between plus 170 and plus 185 underdogs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Yantes, anywhere between minus 192 and minus 205.5 is your total. Over is anywhere between even and minus one. 10. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. And when it comes to the Giants, I'm willing to lay up to minus 198 on the money line. But you do take a look at the run line in this spot, and you're currently finding it in a lot of places between even money and a plus 105. I was willing to lay up to a minus 112 with regards to the run line. I'm going to reduce the juice rather than take like a minus 190, a minus 195 on the money line with the Giants. I am going to go run line because even at home, and this is a relatively pitcher-friendly ballpark. The dimensions have been changed a little bit, and this is a Giants team that they've been able to take full advantage of it. This is a San Francisco Giants team that is dealing with a little bit of an injury to Jock Peterson. Six home runs this year. He has been one of the better matchers for this team, but you take a look at eight home games for the San Francisco Giants. It is a team with right around a 300 on base as a collective, and in those eight games, they have been able to supply eight home runs. Brandon Belt, Warmer Flores, both of these guys have been able to give you multiple home runs at home. Thario Estrada has been struggling a little bit at home this season, but you've got to expect that he's going to be able to pick it up. You do take a look at what you're able to also get out of this bullpen as well, and that's a big selling point with the Giants. Only bullpen in the big leagues last season that wound up having a sub-3 ERA in most of these guys. Dominique Leon. You're able to throw in there Zach Liddell, Jake McGee. list goes on and on. All these guys are back. Even Yerner Marte, who wasn't a part of that bullpen last season. He's coming, and he's been able to hold down the fort. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Nationals bullpen. Dan Rainey wound up having a north of 70 ERA last season. Austin Voth has been turned into a little bit of a long guy 
line, I do think that we could see a little bit of both because you take a look at Mr. Sanchez. First start of the season, while going four and a third innings, gave up four runs to the Giants and Ironically enough, he wound up pitching for the Giants last season, so that's a familiarity there with them, and you take a look at this Washington Nationals team, and it has not necessarily been going well for them. Now, I do like what you've been able to get from Juan Soto with regards to an on-base perspective. He's been able to get on-base with right around a 400-ish, but only getting a 240 batting average, three home runs, and all of them have been solo shots. Josh Bell, he's been able to do a great job of getting on-base. 14 RBI, he's hitting a 328, so you give him a lot of credit, but Nelson Cruz, sitting below the Mendoza line of 200, Kibar Ruiz, has been halfway decent of being able to get on-base, but just take a look at the bottom of the lineup. Lane Thomas, Victor Robles, Alcides Escobar. These guys are hitting a 200 or lower. Mikel Franco has cooled down a little bit after his good start to the season as well. And for Alex Wood, he's been able to really roll through these lineups thus far. Last time, he wanted facing off against the Nationals and wanted giving up two runs over the course of five innings thus far this year. Four runs given up in 14 and third innings across three starts. He's been able to lessen the walks. Just four walks, 16 strikeouts. I like the way that he is rolling. So, I'm going to be taking a look at the Giants on the run line in the spot. I did wind up saying my total at a 7.6. I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in the Washington Nationals bullpen, and this is a Giants team that is set up to be able to bombs in this ballpark. So I'm looking at the over, and I'm looking at the Giants on the road line. 963, 964 on the betting board. You do have the Boston Red Sox, and they're going to be in the road face off against the Baltimore Orioles. It is going to be the MLB debut of Kyle Bradish, and Rich Hill is going to be going for the Sox. Total on scheme is 9, under is minus 120, and the over is even with the Red Sox. You're finding them at minus 145 and a plus 135 on the Baltimore Orioles. I'm going to back Mr. Bradish in his first start. I needed at least a plus 132 here. Here at the plus 135, I'm going to be willing to bite. Rich Hill is a big giant fade at this point because he is the oldest starting pitcher in the big leagues at 42 years old and... He's a man that is giving up over four walks per nine innings to begin the season. He wound up having a little bit of a better start against the Tampa Bay Rays. Wound up going four scoreless there, but a guy that's not necessarily giving you a lot of length and a Boston Red Sox team that they were only able to get three innings out of Garrett Woodlock because they're stretching him out. This is a bunch that they're a little bit ampered with regards to their bullpen. Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes, along with Ansel Robles. All these guys wind up having to go out of the bullpen. you got to expect that Dana Cousins out of Mona is going to be on deck for this team. And you do take a look at the Boston Red Sox, and you are probably going going to be looking at Matt Stram trying to give you an ending or two, maybe Phillips Valdez as well, but for the Boston Red Sox, they've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Xander Bogarts. He wanted a pinch hitting yesterday. Got to figure that he's going to be back in the fold. That's big because he's hitting at 392, but bottom of the lineup, Jackie Bradley Jr., Kike Hernandez, Bobby Dahlbeck, Christian Arroyo, Christian Vasquez, all these guys are hitting at 210 or lower. Now, I do like Rafael Dever, someone who has been able to give the team 38 home runs in the past year. He's hitting right around 275 this season. Alex Verdugo, trio of home runs. He's hitting at 255, but Trevor Story, when he's away from from Coors Field. Not a guy that's necessarily been able to hit very well. And then you do take a look at the Baltimore Orioles and it's an offense that's getting online a little bit more. Four plus runs in now five out of their last six games. Cedric Mullins has been off to a little bit of a rough start to begin the season. Just two home runs hitting at 205. But you take a look at Austin the say he's good. He's got a 364 on base. He's been able to do a solid job for the team. Anthony Santander wound up having a home run in that series against the New York Yankees. Ryan Montcastle last year wound up having 25 plus home runs. Trey Boomba Mancini wound up having 20 plus. Guy that's able to get on base for you now. Bottom of the lineup, Brunette Odor, Robinson Chirinos, Roman Urias, Kelvin Gutierrez. These guys are not necessarily too terrific, but the Orioles bullpen, I recognize they wound up getting a little bit tattooed against the New York Yankees. Hasn't been terrible. Travis Lankins has been able to give you some solid innings. Joy Krebel right now is 
like a one ERA. Felix Batista is someone that I don't necessarily trust him, but I actually do like Petraeus. We get out of Dylan Tate, so I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an advantage. And you do take a look at Kyle Bradish. I think that he's probably going to give you five innings. You take a look at what he wound up doing in the minor leagues. He was a big part of the Dylan Don't Call Me Al Bundy deal from a few seasons ago. And at the minor league level last two years, he's been able to give you right around 12 punch outs per nine innings. Walks are an issue. He does give up right around four walks per nine innings, but does a good job of actually being able to get very soft contact. Doesn't give up a lot of home runs. I do think that he's going to be able to do a solid job, especially with the change ballpark dimensions up there in Baltimore. So I'm going to be willing to take a plus price here with the Orioles. One take north of a plus 132 and semi total on an 8.1. I think that's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game and I don't think that bookmakers have accounted for the new ballpark dimensions out there at Camden enough. So looking under and looking Orioles. 965-966 on the betting board. The Toronto Blue Jays are going to be playing us to the Houston Astros. Orsay Arakidi is going to be going for the Strohs and Yusei Kikuchi is going to be on the bump for Toronto. Toronto is anywhere between a minus 110 to a minus 120 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Houston, it's anywhere between even money and plus 107. Your total on this game is 8.5 over is anywhere between even money and minus 110. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. And when it comes to this spot, I do think that it's intriguing with both of these pitchers. I did wind up saying my total at a 9.2. I was talking about this a little bit more with Ariel. The fact that I do think that both of these offenses are going to be a bust out of a little bit of a funk. So I'm going to be on the over in this spot. You do take a look at what you've been able to get throughout your career out of Mr. Otakidi. And he does a great job of not walking, guys, for his career right around two walks per nine innings. With that said, this is a guy that gets a little bit tattooed. Three starts this year, 14 and two-thirds innings, has given up three home runs. Not much of a swing and miss, guys. Seven punch outs and with Yusei Kikuchi. Last year, wound up having more than nine strikeouts per nine innings. He's regressed a little bit without regard to knee himself and has given up a pair of home runs this season. Now for Houston, the travel, I think, is going to be a little bit of a trek because they wound up playing in the great state of Texas yesterday. Now they have to travel north of a border. That is not necessarily the world's easiest thing to do. You do take a look at the lineup. Jazz McCormick, Michael Brantley at the top are both inning above a 275. You've had some struggling bats for the team, but Jordan Alvarez was able to pick it up a little bit more in that series against the Texas Rangers. You wound up seeing Kyle Tucker get home run number four yesterday. He's looking a little bit more solid, even though he's hitting right around 200. And speaking of hitting at 200 or lower, Yuli Gurriel, Jose Siri, you're able to throw those guys in the fold. You've got to figure that they're going to be able to pick it up because this is a team that they don't wind up swinging and missing a lot. But with that said, when it comes to this Astros bullpen, they are missing Ryan Presley, who's currently on the injured list. Ryan Sanic is honestly some of that you trust in too much. Blake Taylor's had a relatively solid year thus far, but I'm waiting for that. Shoot a drop, run out of Blanco along with Seth Martinez. These guys are not too terrific, and for the Blue Jays, it is a bullpen that leaves a little bit of something to be desired, but Yimi Garcia has been able to do a good job. Adam Simber is someone I do like for this team as well. They did wind up having to use up a couple of pieces yesterday, like a Jordan Romano, but and said nobody wound up getting used up for more than 12 pitches, which is relatively solid, and you do take a look at this Blue Jays team. Flagger or Jr. is someone that's a little bit questionable, as Ariel I've seen. Did wind up pointing out, but you still have George Springer out there in the full Boba Shett. He did wind up having a grand slam in that series against the Boston Red Sox. You got to figure that he and Remy Altapia are both hitting right around at 215-ish, are going to be able to get going. Bradley Simmers hitting a 080. I mean, he's not necessarily the world's greatest hitter, but he's not going to hit a 080 for the entirety of the season. Lourdes Gurriel, Alejandro Kirk, both of these guys have been able to get on base. So I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that we're going to see some positive progression for a pair of teams I expect to have very good offenses when it's all said and done for the season, and it's just a case in which I don't have a lot of faith 
eighth year in this Houston Astros bullpen. It's a guy in Yusei Kikuchi that was with the Seattle Mariners. Home and road splits were relatively similar. You wound up having right around about a 3-7-ish ERA in both locations last season. So I did wind up saying my total end of 9.2. I'm looking over and with the Blue Jays, one to lay up to a minus 131 with them. So taking the Jays and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over 967-968 on the banging board. The Minnesota Twins are going to be in the red face off against the Tampa Bay Rays. Corey Kaluber is going to be going for the Rays. And Dylan, don't kill me, Al Bundy is going to be on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota is finding themselves as an underdog in this spot. Anywhere team plus 110 and plus 119. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Rays, anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130. 2.75 is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And with the Tampa Bay Rays, I'm going to be willing to lay up to a minus 143 with them. With Corey Kluber, he wound up being a little bit banged up last season. And while I was out there, was a little bit up and down. The big thing that you always fear with Corey Kluber's walks, wound up having nearly four walks per nine innings last season thus far this year. Five walks and 14 and two-thirds innings has been a little bit better. He has given up a pair of home runs this season. And for Dylan Bundy, it's been a dream start to him in Minnesota. He's made three starts. He's given up a combined one run, 10 hits across 15 and two-thirds innings with one walk which I find that to be absolutely obscene. I do think that Dylan Bundy just needed a little bit of a change of scenery. I don't think that he's going to continue to do quite this, but I do think that it is relatively sodden for the Minnesota Twins, the guy that really impresses me, Byron Buxton. I mean, this guy has six home runs thus far this season. He wound up getting a little bit of a day off yesterday, so he should be good to go in this game here today. He is backed up by a pair of guys in Drew Rochelle, along with Luis Arias. We're both hitting above a 3 for this team. Trevor Larnich has been able to give you a little bit of something as well. Max Kepler, he's starting to pick it up with regards to being able to get on base, Carlos Correa, Orde Palanco, they're off to a little bit of a rough start, but these guys have been relatively solid. You take a look at the Twins' bullpen, though. They're dealing with a big-time injury to Ore Alcala. That's not great. Emilio Pagan lets the balls go again. He is not necessarily too terrific. Kill the Theobar, Cody Sashek. Both of these guys have been a hot mess this season. Danny Columbi don't necessarily have a lot of faith in him. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, the name of the game for them is the bullpen. This is a team that has J.P. Fireeyes that one of the more trustworthy relievers that you're going to find in the league. Jason Adam is someone that they pick up. I like what he's able to bring to the table. I mean, the list goes on and on of guys that you're able to trust in for the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, with the Rays, it has been a team that has been a little bit rough with regards to the bats to begin the season, but with that said, I do think that you're going to be able to get a little bit more moving forward out of someone like a Brandon Lau. Lau has been able to give the team three home runs, but it's only inning a puck 83. I think that that's going to be trending upward, but Yandy Diaz, Manuel Margot, along with Wanda Franco, are all hitting at least at 275, and with Franco, he's been able to give you four home runs this season, and then you've had Harold Ramirez give you a 440 on base. It has been very solid for the team, Randy Orozarena. It's off to a little bit of a rough start to the season, but you take a look at the catcher in Rene Pinto. He has been seeing some more at-bats because Mike Zanino has been a hot mess this season, and he's been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base for the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are going to need a couple more innings because they did wind up using up a little bit of a bullpen game yesterday. As a result, Jalen Beeks, Jeffrey Springs, guys are able to give you a little bit more length. Unlikely to be able to go in this one, but with that said, I do think that Mr. Kluber is going to be able to do so. They wind up saying the Rays at a minus 143, so I'm going to be willing to take them here. I think that there's going to be negative regression here for Bundy. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.5 as well, so here at the 7.5. Looking over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Rays, 969-970 on the betting board. You've got yourself the LA Angels in the red face off against the Chicago White Sox. Lucas Giolito is going to be going for the Sox, and Noah Thor Syndergaard is going to be on the bump for the Halos. Angels are finding themselves anywhere between even money and plus 109. Meanwhile, with the White Sox, it is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. 6.5 to 7 is your total. On the 6.5, over is minus 120, the under is even on the 7. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 110, and 
I am going to be taking a look at it over in this spot. I think that we went just a little bit too far here. I did wind up saying my total at a 7.7. So this is a situation in which I do think that we are seeing a little bit too much of a dip with regards to this total because I do think that Lucas Giolito is going to be able to do a solid job and North North Syndergaard is going to be able to as well but you do take a look at the Angels and they had to use up quite a few trustworthy bullpen pieces yesterday. You take a look at Rossi Iglesias coming out, Ryan Tapera that is a little bit of an issue and for the Chicago White Sox, Liam Hendricks has been dealing with a little bit of an ailment. He has not been himself all season long so has been an issue and they had to use up a lot of bullpen pieces. Jose Ruiz, Aaron Bummer throwing their Tanner Bakes. All these guys wound up throwing at least 23 pitches yesterday in their extra inning affair. That's honestly so great, and you know what else is not so great? The Chicago White Sox offense. It just has not been able to get online for this team. They have scored three runs or fewer, and now I believe 11 out of their last 14 games. So they have really been a struggle. Bonnie Grandal, Adam Engel, both of these guys are below the Mendoza line of 200. And hey, Reese McGuire, Lurie Garcia, AJ Pollock, they all join them as well. Jake Berger has been able to do a solid job of being able reach base. Andrew Vaughn is sitting at 300, but You've been able to notice that Jose Abreu has been off to a little bit of a rough start to begin the season as well. Not a lot of power when it comes to the Chicago White Sox team. And with the White Sox, this is a team that they do a significantly better job of being able to hit lefties and righties. No, Thor Syndergaard, he is a righty, and he's been off to a relatively solid start this year. He's given up a grand total of four runs across 17 innings in his three starts, only four walks, no home runs allowed. The swing and miss stuff is down a little bit from past years, but... Certainly has been able to hold down the Ford end. The big thing for Lucas Giolito is always controlling the walks. In the early part of his career, when he was really struggling, it was a case in which he did wind up having a couple too many walks. He has given up five walks in eight innings this season, but wound up dealing with a little bit of an injury as well. He gave it up one run, so I do think that he's relatively trustworthy in the Angels. They do have to go from the West Coast out to the Central Time Zone. That is a little bit of an issue for this team, and it's a reason why I wound up sending them at more around a plus 104 rather than making them a favorite. That said, I'm going to be willing to take north of a plus 105 here because you do take a look at what you're able to get out of this lineup. Brandon Marsh hitting well above a 300. Taylor Ward wound up having three home runs in that series against the Guardians. He's hitting a 381 with north of a 500 on base. Mike Trout has been terrific. He's hitting north of a 350. Shohei Otani, he hasn't really been able to find it with the bat ever since he also break last season, but you haven't needed him with Joe Adele setting fire to the rain. 350 batting average. He's been able to give you a trail of home runs. Zach Tyler Wade at the bottom of the lineup has been solid. Now, for the Angels, a couple less than trustworthy guys are going to be coming out of the bullpen, like Jimmy Ergo, Oliver Ortega. That's not necessarily too terrific, which is why I do give the slightest of slight edges to the Chicago White Sox, but now that we're north of a plus 105, I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on Thorne company. I did wind up saying my total at a 7.7. I think the total should be low. It is Chicago. It is the month of April. It's a little bit windy out there, so that does wind up dropping the total a little bit, but man, to go north of 7 under, that is just a little bit too far in my opinion. So I'm going to be taking a look at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Halos with a plus price. 971-972 on the bang board. The New York Yankees at the red face off against the Kansas City Royals. Chris with the K. Boobich is going to be going for the Royals, and one Nestor Cortez is going to be on the bump for New York. New Yorkers find themselves between minus 185 and minus 195 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Royals, you're going to be getting them and between plus 165 and plus 178 is your total. Over is any 14, minus 110, and minus 120. The under is any 14, even a minus 110. And when it comes to the Yankees, 
was one away up to a minus 168 with them. Needed at least a plus 170 to take a shot here on the Royals. And we have gotten to that plus 170. Now, I do like the way that Nestor Cortez is rolling into this game. Someone who's been really able to do a great job of utilizing manipulation to get punch shots. 25 strikeouts in 15 and two-thirds innings. A long seven hits in that time span. Cruz with a K. Bubich, meanwhile, he's got a 14-14 ERA. If your ERA is pretty much on par with when the Gutenberg Press was invented, that's not necessarily too terrific, but you take a look at what he wanted doing last year at home, he was much more better than he was on the road. On the road, a 5 ERA, one giving up 16 bombs in 66 and 2 thirds innings and 63 and a third innings at home. Six home runs allowed with a 384 ERA. So, I do take a look at those splits. Those are something that indicate that things should be able to go relatively soft for him. You do take a look at the Kansas City Royals, and they did wind up using up a few relievers yesterday. Josh Shamont, Scott Barlow, they wanted coming out of the bullpen, but Jake Brent's still going to be available. Joel Payampas is someone I do like out of this bullpen of the Kansas City Royals as well. And for the Royals, I do think that they're going to be able to do a better job of being able to put back to ball. They're hitting a 2 8 as a collective with Salvador Perez, Bobby Wood Jr., Whit Merrifield, Adelberto Mondesi, Michael A. Taylor, all hitting a 210 or lower. And I will say with Perez, he's been able to give the team five out of their 11 home runs. Hunter Dozier has been able to give you a trio. He's sitting right around 240 as well. But I do expect a lot of these batting averages to tick up because take a look at the team, man. Right now, Andrew Benintendi is the only guy that has seen more than 20 at-bats that is sitting above a 255. He's sitting at 393. Now, I don't think that the Royals, by any means, are going to be a world beater, but with that said, this is a team that they don't strike out very much. They just have not been able to find holes on their batted balls, and I do think that they're going to be able to do so a little bit more against the Yankees team. That's a little bit fleet of foot on defense. Now, you do take a look at the New York Yankees and DJ turned it up. LeVayu, he has been able to do an absolutely terrific job of getting on base for the team, hitting north of a 300. Aaron Judge has been able to pick it up. Five home runs sitting at 300. You've got Anthony Rizzo. Eight bombs, 400 on base, but some of these numbers for the Yankees, they're hiked up because of the fact that they've played now six games against the Baltimore Orioles. That needs to be kept in mind. Enjoy Gallo. And this guy's lost at the plate. He did wind up getting a home run a couple days ago, but this is a gentleman that you really don't have a lot of faith in. Gleyber Torres has been struggling as well now. The Yankees, they do have an absolutely amazing bullpen. Jonathan Lewiska in that series against the Baltimore Orioles about two weeks ago was a little bit lost, and you did wind up seeing a couple worry signs with the role of Chapman. Both of these guys guys are back online, though. Clay Holmes has been solved for the team. Wandy Peralta has been lights out. Lucas Lukey, Miguel Castro, they're able to give you some good innings, but I do think that the Royals are going to be able to figure out Nesta Cortez a little bit more in this spot. I do think that this is going to be a relatively low total. I think that the Yankees are going to struggle a little bit more with Chris with the K. Bubich. It's still a little bit chilly out there in Kansas City in April, so I did wind up saying my total at a 7.9. I'm going to be going under, but I do think that positive progression is here for Chris with the K. Bubich. I'm willing to take the plus price here with the Royals. Need at least a plus 170 to take them, but won't take that that plus 170, 973, 974 on the bank. Where the Oakland A's? They're going to be playing also Cleveland Guardians as you've got Aaron Savali who's going to be going for the Guardians. And one Frankie Montas is going to be on the bump for Oakland. Oakland anywhere between a minus 124 and a minus 140 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Guardians, in between plus 110 and plus 125 is your price. 7 to 6.5 is your total on the 6.5. Over is minus 120 in the under is even. I can't remember the last time I've seen minus 135 juice on an under, but we're seeing anywhere between minus 120 and minus 135 on the under of 7, and the over is anywhere between even on plus 115. I tell you right now, I'm looking at that plus 115 juice on the over, and that is calling my name right about now to be able to get a total at a plus 115. Well, I'm seeing it a lot more a few years ago. You don't find it as much in this same age, but I do like it in this spot. Now, Aaron Savali, he's not necessarily a guy that I like to back very often. You take a look at his fielding independent versus 
his ERA numbers for his career. He was doing for a little bit of regression. He probably got a little bit unlucky in his start against the Yankees, giving up six runs on seven hits over the course of three innings. He's given up at least four runs in all three of his starts this season. And now he's going up against an Oakland A's team that, I mentioned it, they have scored two runs or fewer and now seven out of their last nine games, and yet they are five and four. I've never seen anything quite like it before in my life. And you take a look at this Oakland A's team. You've got Sheldon Noisyu sitting a 304 for this team. Nobody else is hitting above a 262, and that'd be Chad Pinder who wound up being out for quite a bit, too. The credit of Pinder, he and Sean Murphy both are able to give you three home runs. And I've been backing this Oakland A's team quite a bit. They're hitting a 206 as a collective, 275 on base. They've been quite banged up. You've been dealing with Jedrick Lowry, who's been out with an injury. You've been dealing with... Kevin Smith, who I recognize, is not necessarily that great. He's been dealing with a little bit of an injury as well. Christian Pache, love the way that he plays the field. Not necessarily a guy that you can trust in at the plate. And for the Guardians, you did figure that there was going to be a little bit of regression that was going to be setting in. With regards to their lineup, they have now scored two runs or fewer in now five out of their last six games. But you got to feel like with having Jose Ramirez currently hitting at 350, being able to give you six bombs, 25 RBI, then he's going to be able to help out this offense. You've got Fran Mel Reyes, who's just in an almighty funk right now. Stephen Kwan has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but you've got Mid Rosario. He's been hitting only about a 215 for the season. I think that you're going to see progression there. Miles Stry, he's got a 370 on base. He's able to do a solid job. And for the Guardians, this is a very rock solid bullpen. They did wind up having to use up Nick Sandlin yesterday, but with that said, Emmanuel Classe is a guy that's able to be a solid closer. Logan Allen is able to give you a couple solid innings. And then you take a look at one Frankie Montas. He's been relatively solid this season. He's got a 320 ADRA, giving up pretty much all of his runs in the first start of his series, season. Two runs of fear given up in each of the last three. I do think that he's going to come in. He's going to be able to do a rock-solid job to the point of Ariel. He has won at least six innings in each out of his last three starts. And you take a look at him at home this season. 203 ERA, but at home versus on the road last season, the ERA was the same. 334 home ERA, 340 road ERA. He did wind up giving up nine home runs in 99 and two-thirds innings. Adam was very much able to get swing and miss stuff, but I do think that the Guardians are going to be able to catch up to him a little bit more in this spot. Now, with the Guardians still dealing with James Karinczak on the injured list with regards to the bullpen, that does wind up hurting them, but with this Oakland A's bullpen, I've got my trepidations with it as well. Ryan Kesselani's not necessarily too great for the team. Jacob LeBoyne has been trusted with some innings. Now, Danny Jimenez has been able to do a good job on the pen, and Justin Grimm, he's relatively okay, but with that said, I wound up setting the Guardians at a minus 102, so I'm going to be willing take the Guardians in the spots of my total at 7.7. So, seeing that ridiculous juice on 7, I'm going to be looking at the over to go along with the Guardians. Side 75, 9, 76 on the betting board, the Seattle Mariners. If they're face off against the Miami Marlins, Eliezer Hernandez is going to be going for the Fishies, and Matt Brash is going to be on the bump for Seattle. Seattle's a very slight favorite. Anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Fish, going to be finding them as bad as a minus 105. You're going to be finding them as good as a plus 110. 7.5 is your total with the over and the under. It is anywhere between even at minus 120. So, think accordingly. I'm seeing most of these juicy under. And I did wind up saying my total at a 7.3. So, here at the 7.5, I'm going to be taking a look at the total under. But I did take a look at the Mariners and set them at a plus 108. I give a little bit of an edge here to Eliezer Hernandez. Now, Eliezer Hernandez, very much a gentleman that gives up a little bit too much hard contact. You just take a look at him for his career in general, and even just the 2021 season where he wound up making 10 starts, 13 home runs, give it up in 51 and a third innings, even at home. Eight bombs, give it up in 27 and a third innings. That said, he's been able to rein it in a little bit more this season. He has been able to do a good job giving up just one home run in his first start of the season at home. That's over the course of six innings, so obviously a little bit of a small sample size, but I do think that going up against the Mariners, that is going to be helping him out a little bit. A Seattle Mariners seem that they've been in a little bit of a funk when it comes to their offense on the road. They wound up putting up eight runs 
in their first game against the Tampa Bay Rays, but after that, it was a little bit more hit or miss when it comes to the Seattle Mariners team, a Mariners team that they've got a 331 on base as a collective, and last year, they really couldn't hit for average. This year, they've been doing a much better job. They have been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Mitch Hanniger, but you've got Ty France, five home runs, 21 RBI, hitting a 365, might be the most unrated hitter in all of baseball. You do have a couple guys, Jerry Kelnick, Abraham Toro, you're able to throw in there, Jesse Winker, and Julio Rodriguez. Hitting below the Mendoza line of 200, I do think that there's going to be positive progression with quite a few of these guys, especially Rodriguez. He has been called out on some very questionable strike threes that might not have been in the zones. But with that said, you do take a look at the Miami Marlins as well, and they're starting to bust out with the bats. Jazz Chisholm, along with Asu Sanchez, both of these guys are hitting north of a 280, and they've got a combined seven home runs between the two of them. They've been able to do a very solid job. You've got Ore Soler, Avicio Garcia, Jesus Aguiar, all hitting a 205 or lower, throwing their Miguel Ross and Jacob Sellings with those struggling bats as well. And you know that they're going to be able to pick it up a little bit. Garrett Cooper, he's got a 385 on base. And I do take a look at this Marlins team, and I think that their bullpen is relatively on par with that of the Seattle Mariners. You bring in Tanner Scott, Cole Solzer from the Baltimore Orioles. That's relatively rock solid. Stephen O'Kurt has been able to give you good innings the last two seasons. Anthony Bass, Anthony Bender, I like these guys. And then for the Seattle Mariners, reason why they've done so well in one-run games in recent years. I believe 37-22 and 22 since the beginning of the 2021 season. Might be a little bit off there, but it's because of their bullpen, but they are dealing with an injury to Paul Sewell. That winds up being one of their bigger relief guys. He hasn't necessarily pitched a lot this season. That's been an issue. Drew Seconrider, though, still able to give you some good innings. Diego Castillo sometimes has you holding your breath. He's been able to do a solid job. Wyatt Mills is someone that they're going to be giving a few enderings to. Andres Munoz has been able to do a good job as well, but I do take a look at the Miami Marlins. The offense has been a little bit better for this team, and I do take a look at Matt Brash as well. Let's say we get a bunch of punch outs at the minor league level, and I do think that this guy is going to be very, very solid. He's given up at least two runs at each out of his three starts this season, and walks can be an issue. 11 walks in 15 innings. That's not going to allow him to go as deep, and this is a Mariners team that, because of the injury that Marco Gonzalez wound up taking in that series against the Tampa Bay Rays, that they are a little bit more spent with regards to their bullpen. So, I want to make the Marlins a minus 108 in this spot, so I'm going to be willing to lay it with them. I did wind up saying my total at a 7.3 as well. I do think that Hernandez, someone who's been giving up a lot of our contact, going to be helped out by the fact that he is going to be at home in this spot, so looking under and looking fishies. 977, 978 on the bang board. Currently no numbers up on this game as you've got the Atlanta Braves hitting the road face off against the Texas Rangers. Oh gosh, Spencer Howard is on the bump for the Texas Rangers. And you've got Ian Anderson who's going to be going for the Atlanta Braves. As of right now, assuming Spencer Howard is the starter, and you do want to note, there have been openers used for Spencer Howard in the past. And if there is an opener used, I will actually upgrade Texas a little bit. I've currently got the Rangers at a plus 192 at home, and the Braves at a minus 192. I'd be willing to lay up to about a minus 130 on this run line as well. With the Braves at my total at a 9.1, so a 9 or lower, looking over 9.5 or higher to the under. Spencer Howard, in my opinion, is the worst pitcher in all of baseball. With his outing that he wound up having against the Oakland A's, giving up two runs and two innings, he dropped his ERA for the season to a 14.40. When your ERA is on par with the year that the Gutenberg press was invented, that's not so great. And you take a look at Spencer Howard, and you're able to take a look at the full career of Spencer Howard. A 7.41 ERA in which he's giving up four walks per nine innings. I mean, the swing and miss stuff is actually there with him, and he'll sometimes give you a flash where it will go one or two good innings, and then promptly when you think, oh boy, Spencer Howard has really figured it out, boom, he gets destroyed. 
every single time without fail. And you take a look at the Atlanta Braves, and they're a team that's able to destroy them. Ozzy, 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 Albie, 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 six bombs already this season. From, you've got Marcelo Ozuna, Austin Riley. Both of these guys have been able to belt four home runs. Ozuna's hitting right around 260, Riley's hitting at 275 now. Dansby Swanson, Adam Duvall, both of these guys are in below the middle sign of 200. Eddie Rosario dealing with a little bit of an eye injury right now, but Travis Ayer, no, whenever he's been out there, he's been able to do a solid job of getting on base. Even Orlando Arcia is able to give you some solid at-bats for the Texas Rangers. This is a team that looks pretty lost up there at the plate right now. This is a bunch that they have scored three runs or fewer in five out of their last six games. Marcus Simeon, he just has not been able to get online thus far. A buck 58 batting average after he had 45 bombs last season. Corey Seager sitting at 257. If you want to have him in the run line like I did yesterday of the Astros, he made you unhappy with the second home run season at Adolis Garcia. That's three home runs this season, but guys that you expected to hit for power are not necessarily hitting for power right now. Mitch Garver is hitting below a 200. Cole Calhoun sitting below a 200. Willie Calhoun sitting at buck 50. Been a mess in the Rangers. They've got a bottom three bullpen in the American League in terms of ERA. Alberto Pereira is someone that you're not able to trust in. Matt Moore, we want more out of him because he's not necessarily so great. Garrett Richards, you got to figure, is going to get some innings. Garrett Richards is someone that is due in for some big time regression with regards to his fielding independent. And for the Braves, AJ Minter along Tyler Madzik, both of these guys are able to do a rock solid job out there in the bullpen. I know that Kenley Jansen winds up getting quite a bit of poop, but this guy is still one of the better relievers that you're able to find out there in the big leagues. And with the Atlanta Braves, I do think that they're going to be able to come out there. They're going to be able to absolutely dominate this game, even with Ian Anderson for his career, having right around three and a half walks per nine innings, because you do take a look at Ian Anderson and what he wound up doing during the 2021 season. Home and road splits relatively similar. 352 home ERA, 363 ERA on the road. Gave up 10 home runs in 67 innings on the road, but was able to get right around nine strikeouts per nine innings as well. So, they wind up saying the Braves as a very sizable favorite. Willing to lay up to a minus 130 on the run line. If it is our versus Anderson, nine or lower looking over nine and a half or higher to the under and we wrap things up with 979, 980 on the bang board. The LA Dodgers are going to be playing us to the Detroit Tigers. You've got a battle of Tyler says Tyler Alexander is going to be going for the Tigers. Tyler Anderson is going to be going for the Dodgers and the Dodgers. Well, they are the favorite in this spot. Anywhere between minus 225 and minus 240. Meanwhile, your plus price here with Detroit. You're going to be finding it anywhere between a plus 195 and a plus 205. 8.5 is your total. With the over, you're finding it anywhere between a minus 110 to even money and the under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Seeing straight 8 out there as well. On the 8, overs minus 120 and the under is even. Do you I'm saying my total at an 8.2. So here at the 8.5, I'm going to be willing to take a look at the under with Anderson. I do think that he's going to be able to come out there and give a relatively solid start for the Dodgers. He's only made one start this season, but his two long relief appearances were four innings. So, I mean, that's almost the equivalent of a start. It's not actually too far off from what most starters have been experiencing this year. And in 12 and two-thirds innings, he's given up four runs, one home run, has always been able to do a good job of being able to locate. Last season, he wanted giving up right around two and a half walks per nine innings, three walks in 12 and two-thirds this season. And you do take a look at Alexander, and it is a little bit of a roll of the dice as to what you're going to be able to get out of him. Three starts this season, 10 innings. He has given up a grand total of 10 runs, eight of which was earned. Now, he's not being helped out by the field too much, and you do need to keep that into account that Detroit right Tigers fielding, not necessarily too terrific. You bring in obviously bias that probably is not going to help things and take a look at Alexander on the road they wind up giving up 11 home runs at 61 and a third innings on the road last season so a little bit of an issue for him never has been too much of a swing and miss guy he's backed up by a relatively solid bullpen but they are still missing the Funkhauser and Kyle Funkhauser they do bring up Andrew Chafin Gregory Soto, Will Vest, these guys are able to do a rock solid job but the Dodgers, they've got a top three bullpen since 
the beginning of last season. In terms of ERA, they have to deal with a couple of injuries of their own, but you've got Craig Kimbrell out there, Reyes Bonantes, someone I do like, Broussard or Gratterall. He's able to throw triple digits. Phil Pickford has been highly reliable for this team, and when it comes to the LA Dodgers, this team is the Death Star when it comes to their lineup. They got a little bit unlucky towards back half of their season against the Arizona Diamondbacks, which means positive progression should be there for this team. You've got Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner down for what? Both of these guys hitting north of a 295. Freeman has really been able to get going ever since that Atlanta Braves series. Chris Taylor, he's hanging nearly a 285. He's got good pop in the back. Gavin Lux, he's got a 350 on base. You've noticed Cody Bellinger has been able to pick it up a little bit as well. Had a little bit of a rough series against the Arizona Diamondbacks, but he's looked better. Mookie Betts, he's hitting a 210. You know that he's going to be able to figure it out. And then with the Detroit Tigers. Having back Avi Baez, that does wind up helping out this lineup, but for the Tigers, it's been a little bit of a rough state of affairs when it comes to this offense. They have scored three runs or fewer in now four out of their last five games. Miguel Cabrera has been able to do a great job along with Robbie Grossman. Both of these guys have betting averages that are hovering right around at 300, and then you're able to throw in there a few other ancillary pieces as well. Hero Castro, Derek Hill, both of these guys have done a nice job, but haven't been able to get a lot of power thus far. Spencer Torkelson, sitting at the Mendoza line of 200, has been able to give you three home runs. you got to figure that he's going to pick it up towards back half of the season, but Jonathan Scope, Jameer Candelario. Both of these guys have had a tough time being able to get on base as well. I do think that Anderson going to do a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. It's nighttime out there in LA, so ball's not going to be flying as much. That'll be helping out Alexander a little bit as well, but when it comes to the Dodgers, I do think that they're going to be able to come in, and they're going to be able to do a lights-out job when it comes to this bullpen. So, I did wind up saying the Dodgers with regards to the run line, right around about a minus 135 to a minus 140 right now. You're finding that run line anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. I recognize that you are rolling the dice when you wind up taking the run line of a home team, because you may not wind up getting those last ups, but when you've got a Death Star lineup of the Dodgers, makes being able to cover that number a little bit easier. So, going to be taking a look at the Dodgers on the run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this 8.5 under, and that will wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Big thanks to Ariel Epstein. Doing great job over there at MLB Network along with the Isle of Sports. She joined me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at JNRS41. Keep in mind, letters EM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like here on this podcast. I have that five star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And that means I'm coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Yeah. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.